hello, hello. Welcome to episode 20 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Library's podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am Jacob Maracle. And we are coming to you today from the land of fake spring. So it's good to be here. Last week I made that joke about April bringing depression. I thought it was just going to be a metaphor. I didn't know it was going to come out in actual form. No, we're deep. We're deep in it now. Man, that ice storm yesterday, that was not fun. Not good stuff there. Nothing is good. And I just saw that my one friend was doing a thing with her kid. Like, you know, what color is the sun? Like, yellow. What color is this? That? And she literally was like, what color is the sky? And he said, gray. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's... It's like, I used to know the answer. It's ruined. Know. Yeah, we got horrible weather. Um, Arlie Ermy died last night. So yeah, then we lost that's... drill sergeant. It's just a bad, bad So Monday. that's the drill sergeant from Full Metal Jacket for anyone who doesn't know. It's a bummer. It is. Although... Um, my husband told me that last night, and I was like, that guy died years ago. <laughs> so, I, I got to admit, I kind of thought he did, So, I apologize for that. Um, S- sorry. Sorry, Gunny. So, you f- you went to see, I'm really pumped to talk about, but you went to see the quiet, pl- or A Quiet Place? I did. The new John Krasinski, Emily Blunt horror <sighs> flick. So, I feel, before we get into it, um, I have to put out there that the true love of my life, like, soulmate, is John Krasinski. He doesn't know this, but I am sure of it. Sorry, Andrew. Um, I mean, my husband understands. He knows, like, I love him too, but there's only one John Krasinski. Um, yeah, and I love him and Emily Blunt, so I was really excited to go to the movie because even if it wasn't good, I knew I was going to get to look at his bearded face. Which he did. There's a lot of his bearded face in there. So much. But that movie was awesome. It was right? great. It was fabulous. Um, I was I didn't know what I was expecting, you know, because I don't I haven't seen Krasinski's other two movies that he's directing. I, so I didn't know if he was any, you know, any good. At yeah. It. Um, the brief interviews with Hitty's men wasn't great, but I heard that the hollers was pretty good, but I haven't seen that. But movie. man, this one was like, wow, he's like, such a great job. Like, I mean, really great editing. There was just great shots. Um, great concept. Like, I understand. Yeah, he wrote he wrote the script, too. Yeah. Um, I know this movie started out originally as going to be Cloverfield 3, and I yeah. could see how that could happen, but I am so happy that they ended up deciding to do this as its own thing. Yeah, so the premise, for anyone that doesn't know, is um, it's just kind of current times, and something has, has happened where people can't make noise, or it brings this, there's this sort of monster that is attracted to it, I, so you make a sound. I think it's aliens, that's what it is. Yeah, they don't, like, really get into that a lot, but it will it will find you and it will probably rip you apart so it's just kind of showing a family surviving without making any sound which almost seems like a crazy premise but they really make it work and i will say that is the quietest movie theater i had ever been in like the audience really responds to it by being silent oh and yeah if somebody even starts eating popcorn everybody kind of starts looking over at them yeah they like slow down like i had my husband i'm like you have to unwrap your candy beforehand and like lay it out because it's gonna be really quiet and somebody screwing around with twizzlers and (laughs) stop it man (laughs) <laughs> just eating nerds, just like crunching <laughs> away. But uh, really strong, not just like a horror film, but definitely sort of a, a family film because I feel like more so than survival, it was definitely like parents showing what they would do um, for their kids. And 
Emily Blunt in the bathtub. That's some of the best acting I've seen in a long time. Emily Blunt is just fabulous. She like, really she's is. Had like a string of hits. You know, the girl, girl on the train. You know, that was like whatever on that one. But and I'm, had, like, I don't Sicario. blame her. I'm sure that was, you know, the way that it was written yeah. because she is killer. Um, you know, starring with real life husband John Krasinski. I'm sure that doesn't hurt the uh, the dynamic at all. And I think they knew that. I think that they knew that that was going to kind of draw people in because people like seeing celebrity couples, and they're really popular. Uh, celebrity couple they're definitely one where everybody's like oh, relationship goals these two because they're super adorable um it's so funny that like now we got like jordan peele we got john krasinski all of a sudden like people are going to start looking at comedic actors and be like okay what kind of ideas do you got like let's see if you've got any directing chops like, yeah and like horror films yeah like those would be considered you know just different sort of film he's already signed on for his next movie uh, bigger budget, Men on Mars. It's a sci-fi flick. So John Krasinski. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be in a sci-fi flick. Yeah, he's gonna direct it and everything. So <sighs> give me a second. Yeah, he's already. I gotta compose myself. He's getting the bigger budget. It's like all so. my favorite things. Who would have thought Jim from The Office was gonna end up being? I would have because Jim from The Office was magical. Oh. I love that show. I love him. I mean, and that's why I love him because really, I love Jim. Like Jim and Pam were so great, so I've just connected that as the real John Krasinski, and then he had a beard, and I mean, I'm only human. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I can only do so much. One day we'll have to have the the, uh, the ultimate Office versus Parks and Rec discussion. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I love both of those shows, but The Office is my baby. I'm a Parks and Rec guy, so that'll be a fun, fun, fun talk. I just push you off your stool, but no, I love Parks and Rec. So stay tuned for that one in the future. We were thinking since today's exciting because it's our 20th episode, so that's a milestone, right? Yeah, there some we sort go. of milestone. It's um, an even number, you know. <laughs> okay, great. It's an even number episode. We haven't done a lot of those. Yeah, we've, we've done ten of them, I believe. Oh my gosh, it's so depends so, on how you make this so <laughs> difficult for me. But um, we wanted to do kind of I think an episode that we've been looking forward to the most. It'll probably be a two or three part. Um, episode spread out but it is films that we feel are are underrated that we really loved um are really killer movies um that don't get enough press yeah and you know that's a lot of them is because everybody always talks about the certain big budget ones or the ones that like mm-hmm. would, that come out and they just whether they're good or not they just believe had a lot of hype behind them yeah we're trying to focus on the lesser known ones that maybe they're older or they didn't get marketing put behind them but, but when they're you see them, they're just just awesome. Yeah, and all available at the library, so you'll be able to come check them out. So I'm going to start with one. Okay, this movie is called The Man from Earth, and I'm going to look at you to see if you heard of it. It's a David Bowie movie. No, no, no. That's like The Man Who Fell to Earth. Oh. So this is The Man from Earth, and so what the premise of the story is, it's very low budget, and the whole film takes place in like one room. So if that ends up being a good movie, I feel like you know it's really the kind of strong storyline if you don't you know, have to move to another space. But there's this impromptu goodbye party. For this professor John Oldman and as it goes on it kind of becomes this interrogation of him by his colleagues because he has this really long and strange past that they didn't know about and he kind of starts telling him telling them as he's like packing to leave the state um, <clears throat> but it turns out he what he's telling them is that he's not a traditional human but that he's a 14,000 year old immortal who has survived centuries of evolution um, from like the Cro-Magnon era to the present Okay. And it's really like the things that he's saying and his colleagues are kind of taking it like that he's playing a game and they're like, okay, could this be possible? And, um, you know, he just the, the assertions about himself, they really challenge these people on not just like a scientific and historical level, but like a spiritual one as well. I feel oh. like 
it has nearly perfect dialogue and it it really really sucks you in like it's you're just fascinated with what he's saying and then kind of thinking like oh that that could make sense like it's really interesting and i just saw that i mean that movie's pretty old but they just put like a part two out that i haven't watched yet but no it's really good i always recommend that to people very interesting it's an interesting concept like you get like that cro magnum immortal kind of situation because you figure just over time you would just have a bunch of knowledge about stuff just by a bunch of knowledge stuff. and they'd be like well prove it what do you have that you can show us like so he's like i you don't pick things up along the way like yeah. you don't pick up a stone at this time thinking oh this will be a fossil he's like i was just existing yeah. and I going was... through it and trying to explain like where he thought he was because you know he can't be sure i mean the maps weren't even created but it's really good. He's like, I was there when they invented the wheel. Literally. I was yeah, there. Yeah, like literally. I, I, was, I was in the room. It was a big day, man. We were like, hey, check this out. That's <laughs> yeah, good. That's a good one. I'll have to check that out. No, definitely. You'll love I, it. I, I know definitely, you will. definitely thought it was the Bowie one there for a second. No, I don't love that movie. It's not bad, but it's not my. It's not one of my favorites. Oh, all right, cool. Okay. All right, mean? so because it's all de- dark and depressing out there, I'm going to start with a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Trick or Treat. Have you ever seen it before? <laughs> Okay, trick or treat, for those who do not know, <laughs> is Michelle is chuckling her brain off. <laughs> Go on. I'll so, just, I'm going to let you sell it. I'm not going to say anything about it. So it is an anthology horror movie. Think like Creepshow, that kind of situation where it's mm-hmm. a bunch of stories which are technically all interlocked because they're all happening at the same time and they all overlap with each other. Um, but basically it's just a anthology horror series um, where just a bunch of different Good horror tales. There's a ghost story in there. There's a killer monster story. I definitely saw it. I don't. Re- I don't remember. It's um. Yeah, and there's like. Vamp- I obviously didn't hate it. So there's a, there's <laughs> a werewolf time. vampire plot going in there. The cast in it is huge. They have like guys like Brian Cox in there. Um, mm-hmm. Who's that one creepy? The real skinny creepy guy from the movie Happiness. I don't know. I'm not oh, sure. I can't think of his name. Um, but yeah, Darn they got it. like the big name cast. Um, it was looked at to be like the next big horror series, and then something happened at the studio for like that they were working with. That they just stopped putting any kind of press behind it. Mm-hmm. So it was all set to be like a huge horror movie um, coming out like five years ago. And then it got shelved for like two years. Nobody heard from it. They didn't release it in the theaters. And then they just kind of dumped it onto the DVD market out of nowhere. And then it just kind of sat there with no promotion. But it's got like uh, their main character in the movie is like this sackhead kid. I don't want <laughs> yeah, let's, let's to let's not spoil it too, much, too much. Yeah. But, they, but it's good. It's a good horror film, like where when it's hard around Halloween time. Yeah, like you just put it on, good. and it's like a horror comedy, so it's okay. all kinds of absurd. Great production values. If you're just looking for a like a get, watch, creep I feel show, like I like laughed one, when I watched it. You should. Just There's a bunch of good <laughs> okay. comedy stuff in there. You know, it's a pretty good flick. So check that one out. Okay, cool. All right, so another one I have is a movie called Compliance. Compliance is crazy. So oh, I, I know that one. You know that one? I do know that one. So it is inspired by True Events, and it's about this fast food worker, and she is accused of theft by a cop who calls the restaurant, and he starts to tell her boss, who's played by Ann Dowd, who's mm-hmm. awesome. So the cop, he's telling the boss how to handle the situation since he's a police officer, um, and there's things that, that they need to do so that they don't have to bring her down to the station. There's ways that they can find out if she was really involved in this theft. And he starts getting these people to subject the fast food worker to these increasingly harsh forms of interrogation. And the movie is like, it's really smart. It has really sensitive direction, super strong performances. Um, it is gripping as it is super disturbing. I hate that that's a true story. 
Yeah, and to think that this like kind of stuff like I'm a little surprised Can't while watching it that it like everybody goes through everything because it gets pretty extreme, as you said. Like it gets pretty. That wild you're like, there. why are you just listening? to someone on the phone but you're like well I wasn't in the situation and they've done lots of experiments where people do what they're told by figures of authority even if it goes against like what they believe or if they think it's right I mean they've had tons of experiments of that of people causing other people pain and this and that so compliance is worth checking out even though your skin is will be crawling yeah. as you're watching it. I feel like like the person on the phone like movie trope is a whole genre unto itself. Like you remember this is not one of my movies, but you remember Phone Booth with Colin Farrell? I and didn't watch it. Great actually a pretty good movie. Mm-hmm. You're just a sniper keeping a guy in a phone booth. So yeah. that's another one to check out everybody. But like yeah, it seems like it's a whole genre that just popped up out of nowhere. Like, no, it's good. So yeah, check that out. Compliance. All right. I'll have to check that out. All right. I'm gonna go a little bit more surreal at this point. I'm gonna go take us back to the nineties here. Okay. The show. I'm ready for the journey. A movie that should be terrible, but is actually quite enjoyable. That is... I bet that's debatable right now, but okay. The first Brady Bunch movie. Now, anybody who has not seen that movie in a while probably assumes it's going to be terrible. And it is not. It is not. It's super enjoyable. Yeah, it's one of those movies that you're like, I'm just going to put this on on a Saturday and just kind of have it in the background. And before you know it, you're like watching it, getting (laughs) along with all the stupid jokes. Before you know it, you're going, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. This is back when they knew how to make like reboot TV shows or like they had an idea how to do it. The whole premise behind the Brady Bunch is we all know what the premise is behind the TV show. Yeah, we're good. But the movie literally just takes them out of the 70s and slaps them in the 90s (laughs) and then have everybody around them react exactly how you would to this family. To this ridiculous family. Um, But the the whole Brady Bunch family, they're just going out like it's the 70s. They have no kind of self-awareness about it whatsoever. And Marcia's still just brushing her hair a lot. And a complete psychopath as you watch that movie. Like, that girl is going insane. No, Jane. Jane, oh, that's right, Jean. Or Jan. Gosh, it's Marcia, you know that stuff. Ben Jan Stiller's, is going insane, but yes. Ben Stiller's wife, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Amazingly enough. I don't know how that happened, but. <laughs> yeah, funny um, guys get the girl. The plot of the movie is, it's just a bunch of episodes of the Brady Bunch sewing into the plot of the movie. And there's like a, a very large framework about them trying to save their house. It's it's good. But, I'm glad that you brought that one. Yeah, I really so, forgot about it. Yeah, so, you know, if you're look, like a nice, relaxing mid-90s, um, kind of time killer movie that you will enjoy, and it's gonna make you laugh a couple of times. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's got like, you know, I don't, I'm not even gonna sell it anymore. Go you check don't it have out, to. Everybody. I mean, it's got the Brady Bunch. Yeah. You're good. It's better, better than the TV show, in my opinion. So go check that one out. Everybody. But that's a really funny choice. Okay, so I have another one. The movie called Lock. Do you know that Tom Hardy? Oh, I never watched it. Okay, so it is about a man played by Tom Hardy, and again. The acting in this movie is incredibly strong because the entire film takes place with only Tom Hardy and only while he's driving his car, which is a crazy premise to a film. And you watch his life unravel. So he leaves a construction site where he works at this really critical time and he is driving to London uh, to be present for the birth of a child that was conceived during a one night stand. Okay. And the whole thing takes place in his car, and it's phone calls that he's making while he's driving. And these conversations include um, he's talking to people about his work because there's this multi-million dollar deal uh, going down that he needs to be a part of tomorrow. And he's like, can't be there. Um, He calls his wife and his son to tell him where he's going, why he's not coming home for dinner because of this terrible thing. and it is a perfect example of what a powerful performance 
can do along with really good storytelling that you do not need the CGI, the big budget, the exotic locations. This is one person in one car. That's the whole film, and it's riveting. Oh, okay. I kind of. I like mean, that only idea. Tom Hardy, maybe like a Michael Fassbender, could really pull it off. It's really good, and you're stressed out. You're like, you know, making decisions like, oh, would I do that? Like, do you have to do this? Like, oh God, he's gonna uh, like really hard to kind of watch, but yeah. he looks also really good. So well, it's, <laughs> as, it's a, Tom as a bonus, so he, he looks very attractive. Does he do an accent in the movie? Like, he he doesn't, but if he did. Um, I, well, because I know you're really skilled at Tom Hardy. How do you think he would say, like, tell his wife I'm not coming home for dinner? You know what it is, the problem <laughs> with that? Because I've been watching, uh, been rewatching Taboo. So oh, now so now I, I got that new I accent? That Tom Hardy, you can't understand grimy English tone. Yeah, he loves mumbles. Can yeah. you do some of that, though? No, it's too hard. It's basically just like what? growling it's a, into the. It is a rainy Monday. Give the people what they want. I cannot. Can you at least do Bane? I will not do any of it. Whatever. It's too bad. It's one of those days. It's like, ugh. It's just, I'm just disappointed in you. <laughs> anyway, just do a film. Move along. Uh, you know what? Now you got me all, all bummed out with that. But I'm going to go ahead with another person on a phone movie. This one is starring Ryan Reynolds, actually. And it is Buried. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I wanted to see that, though. So but this is the, one being of those. Buried Alive is really, it's really it, horrifying. It fits the tone of the day. So. <laughs> This is one of those ones that kind of actually showed that um, Ryan Reynolds can actually act. The premise of this movie is it's he's the only one that appears on screen pretty much the entire movie. Mm-hmm. The whole premise is he wakes up in a coffin. He's been buried somewhere in Iraq. All he has is a he has a flashlight, a lighter, and a cell phone that he doesn't know whose cell phone it is. Yikes. Why was he in Iraq? Is he a soldier? He is a like truck driver. Okay. So he's like drives convoys back and forth. This is during um, like the earlier Iraq invasion. I think it's set in like two thousand three. Okay. Um, so basically, the movie is it's set in real time. So it's about an hour and a half long, um, and the whole movie is just him trying to figure out why he's in the um, why he's buried, where he is. He's got somebody on the line that's trying to help find him. Um, and then all the other calamities that you would imagine going on as you're buried alive and trying to get Sure, I imagine there'd be, there'd be some uh, unfortunate things to deal with yeah. when and you're buried alive. It's a very claustrophobic movie. Um, they don't get, let you out of the casket at all. You're like in there with them. They do some really cool camera tricks because they're able to swing it around them while still maintaining that he's in this cramped okay. space. Um, Ryan Reynolds does a surprisingly good job like selling the terror and the okay. hopelessness of his scenario. And just like watching him try to figure out, it gets more tense as it goes as, you know, air starts running low, start worrying about like, do they even have any idea where I am? Um, Other little things that go on involving his, the company that hired him to work there, involving his wife, all this other stuff. So it's one of those ones, if you're in mood for a tense, you know, drama kind of thing, it's also going to keep you in the edge of your seat. This is definitely one to check out. Okay, cool. I will. I will. Watch it in conjunction with Deadpool 2. And (laughs) Be like, oh, just a full Ryan Reynolds day. Well, I don't mind. That doesn't sound like a bad day. Start with Van Wilder. Throw it in there. Go real. No, I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna do that. But okay. So the next one that I'm going to recommend, I will say beforehand, is weird. It's a weird movie, but weird is not necessarily bad. No. It is called Upstream Color. Okay. Okay. I, this is a movie you kind of have to watch. I can never really describe what's happening, mostly because as I was watching it the whole time, I was like, "What is happening?" But it is about this woman. And she unwittingly undergoes a series of bizarre experiments. Um, she's kind of given a, a drug, 
And as you see in the film, this drug does something that it kind of takes over her mind. And anything that, that the person who administered the drug tells her, she'll do. Oh. It's, it, But it's really fascinating to watch. And then she ends up meeting this guy who's kind of a kindred spirit because he may have experienced the same ordeal. But they're not really sure because they can't really remember. They just know that something hmm. has happened. And then they're, they're, they're kind of drawn together and they're entangled in this like weird organism and they, which I can't explain at all. Organism. I know. I heard what you said. I was like, yeah, organism. Like what is this whole? Yeah. There's some pigs involved and they, they are struggling to assemble the loose fragments of their wrecked lives. I know that probably sounds terrible and makes no sense, but this movie is technically brilliant and um, it is really narratively abstract, but I think it represents experimental American cinema like at its finest like you you have to be prepared like you're not just this is not the brady bunch movie you know what i mean like this is is? you know this is this is a really weird um storyline it might make you a little uncomfortable because you're not used to what you're seeing but there was something really beautiful um and fascinating about it and it stars the guy who wrote it and stars in it is shane carruth and i love him because he starred in and wrote that movie primer Okay, I'm yeah. Primer. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about good, Primer when we talk about time travel movies. Primer is amazing. Um, so yes, but Primer is out of print. That one's hard to grab, but you can see him in upstream color. Again, it's weird, but you're going to dig it. You're going to dig it, especially like seeing what this drug did. And then I read a whole thing that this drug might actually exist in South America. Really? Like it's extracted from this flower. And because there's been a couple of people... Who like wake up in the morning and like their furniture's gone in their house and their bank account's empty and they're like, What? And then they'll have video of like, Well, there's you at your ATM taking all your money out and giving it to someone and there's you helping people move your furniture out and they're like, I didn't do any of those things because they don't remember. Huh. Supposedly it's kinda like a brainwashing well, I don't know, it's really weird. It's another reason to stay out of South America. <laughs> you know, just kinda drugging people. <laughs> Except Cartagena. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, especially Cartagena. You saw Romancing the Stone. It's we not the know. same anymore. Colombia's yeah, come sure has not. come a long way. But yes, check out Upstream Color, be adventurous. All right, Upstream Color. I didn't yep. even like the title. Yes, yeah, good. I don't know. Yeah, it's good all around. They all explain right. what the title means too. It's it's real artsy and trippy. Stream color. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, next, I'm going to go the action route. So one of my favorite action movies of the past decade is the second in the series, or a third technically. I'm going to go with Dread. Have you seen that one? No. It is the third Judge Dread movie, but it's technically the first in its series. I'm going to I'm gonna get real with you. I've never seen any Judge Dread movies. That's probably for the best. <laughs> okay. Um, there was originally one called Hardware that does not star Judge Dread, but it's in his universe. So sure. So it's a little weird. I will take your word for it. There is the Sylvester Stallone mid-90s schlock fest that is Judge Dread, And then there's Dread, which stars um, Carl Urban and Lena Headey as a... Uh, Judge, oh, dread in the bad guy. Yeah, like she's her. the bad guy in that movie, and she is. She's good at playing bad, as she's proven on Game of Thrones. Yes. Uh, so basically, Dread is a story about a judge, um, and he's do has a trainee on his uh, her first day. Um, it's t- too dense to explain exactly what the world is. Basically, the judges get to execute you, and they have like all the decisions about like there's no more judge jury. It's all in one person now. This is post apocalyptic, post nuclear war kind of world. Um, basically, they get sent to one of the um, places where people are living, these huge mega facilities that house like 10,000 people live there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the only two law enforcement. It turns out that this murder is connected to a drug gang. 
So basically, it's them getting stuck in this building with a drug gang that's run by Lena Headey. And it's basically they have to fight an entire drug gang, just the two of them versus a whole building. Um, now, I got I have to ask you, is this really a movie like that other people are going to like, or is this a Weird Mind of Jacob movie? No, no, this was a one of the best action movies you're going to see. Okay, um, so you can reach out of your own mind. Yeah, oh yeah, okay. it's not like it's... um. You know, it's not artsy or anything like that. Um, a fun little fact for it, it was written by Alex Garland, and Carl Urban actually re- recently said that pretty much Alex Garland directed this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know who Alex Garland is, he is the guy who directed Ex Machina and Annihilation. Oh, He's that director. see, now that interests me yeah. much more. He turned out, he wrote this movie. He also wrote like 28 Days Later and a couple other good ones. Okay. But he wrote this movie, and according to Carl Urban, he actually was the director because the guy they hired to direct it was terrible. So Alex Garland took over. So this is technically his like secret, it's like his Kurt Russell tombstone situation where somebody else's name is in the director's chair, but he's the one responsible for All it. All right. Um, it's super stylized. Um, Carl Urban is just awesome as Judge Dredd. His way that he says the I am the law line is just... I'm going to be moved by that? You'd, no, you'd just be like, that dude is about to kill everybody. <laughs> okay. Every bad guy needs to run. This dude is about to just mow them down. I like a good action film. Yeah, you'll love this one. Um, as long as it doesn't have superheroes, I'm cool with it. It is not superheroes. Okay. It's just one mean, bad dude. It's also good because he never takes the helmet off the entire movie, so you never see Carl Urban's face. You just see, like, his jaw and his mouth, so he does a lot of jaw acting. <laughs> Do but, love me some solid jaw acting? Yeah. Carl Urban's very good at doing the gruff bad guy. He's like the, uh, if you can't afford Tom Hardy, go get yourself Carl Urban, and you're pretty much I can't think of what he looks like, so I'm going to have to just look him up. You'll, you'll be Is he fan. attractive? Yeah, he's an Australian. So yeah. Sure, I'll, I'll check the movie out. He's from Australia. He's probably attractive. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, go check out Dread, everybody, and go check out Ex Machina, too. That's another underrated one. Oh, yeah. I think that was actually, look at it, it's on my list. Hey, well, we'll get into that later for another on. For another episode. Um, Okay, so I'm going to lighten it, the, the good-hearted film. It came out just a couple years ago, uh, Hunt for the Wilder People. <laughs> I don't know what that oh, is. Oh, it's adorable. So it's about this kid, Ricky Baker. <laughs> like, Ricky Baker. That's how they say it. It's, it's New Zealand. It's easy from Boston. So the one, the one lady's always going, Ricky Baker. Um, and he's a real bad egg, so they say. He's a juvenile delinquent. He was abandoned by his mother and taken to child welfare services. So you're saying he was poached. Oh, Jacob, just. But um bum No. Hey, I'll be here all week. No, no bueno. <laughs> um, and so he's gone through a lot of foster families and kind of nobody wants him. So his last chance is at this remote farm with foster mother Bella and her husband, who's very cantankerous, Sam Neill, who's I always love, enjoyable. Love me some cantankerous. <laughs> yes. So soon Ricky and his foster father become the subjects of a manhunt after they get stranded in the New Zealand wilderness. This movie's adorable. It's super entertaining. It's poignant. Um, I feel like it's it's deeply affecting in its humor, and it is unbelievably sweet. I do like sweet movies. It's really it's really sweet. It's really cute. The main kid, Ricky Baker, <laughs> he's just like. I love how you're saying that. Because if you watch the movie, you understand. She just says it so much, especially when they're missing. There's this cop Ricky who's Baker. looking for him, and she's constantly like, "I'll find you, Ricky Baker." Like <laughs> you have to see it. I, I, I just kind of want to see it just for that one, just to hear, uh, I just know, to hear right? the Ricky Baker talk. All right. We're running out of time, as of usual, course. so we want to wrap us up with one more? Sure. I'm going to go with one that doesn't really need much explaining, because you mentioned Jacob movies that are just weird and ridiculous. Yeah, we know. We've we've learned. So 
let's go with Cabin Boy, the Chris Elliott movie. Have you seen this ridiculous piece of cinema? I will say that the trailers for that looked like the reason that film is falling off the yes. earth into a garbage can. It's not that far off, but it's it's actually for a terrible... Wait, it's terrible, but you want people to watch it? It's a terrible movie to sit there and watch and kind of enjoy because it's just so ridiculous. If you like Chris Elliott... I you'll, don't. Then you'll hate this movie. It's basically, <laughs> I feel it, that I will. This movie is just kind of like a referendum on how you feel about Chris Elliott. Basically, he plays a quote-unquote fancy lad who needs to get from Hawaii to or gets from Hawaii to LA or something, something in the islands, um, to get his inheritance from his dad. And the only way to do it is to go with a bunch of gruff seafaring folk. And I can't even describe how ridiculous this is. It's gonna this movie have is. just terrible machismo jokes, isn't it? No, it has like terrible fishing jokes and fishing jokes. Yeah, it's it's. I don't even know how. To, and then there's like mythology thrown well, in what there. What is it you like about it? It's so stupid. It is so absurd that you just can't help but laugh. I enjoy. Is it Chris meant Elliott. to be that way? Yes. Hmm. Like I said, it's Chris Elliott humor, so it's meant to be ridiculous, absurd, make no sense. You remember his character in Scary Movie Two with the little hand? It's basically those kind of gags. Yes, I hated that. Those level of gags for about an hour and 20 minutes, barely a movie. Okay. It's like you're in and out of there. So if I do something terrible and I want to punish myself, I will watch this film. You will watch it, enjoy, and you will be like, I need to go get myself a wig and go talk to Bill Murray's brother, who is also a star of this movie. Oh, Jacob. <laughs> so yeah, this go check out Cabin The show's Boy. not going to survive. You're going to just, you're killing us here. Um, hey, David you know, wa- it, Go so. get Cabin Boy if you want. There's no pressure. Do what, do what feels right. We audience. just won't be, we, you know, there's no pressure. We just won't be friends anymore if you don't. Well, you guys, you are missing out. You are missing out on a real kaleidoscope of adventures with Jacob being your friend. Yeah. There's but, a lot that goes on. But anyway, um, okay, so that is all that we get into. But we have a lot more super cool films and TV shows that maybe you've missed. So we'll kind of pick that up next week. And uh, as always, if you guys have any questions or anything or any suggestions, uh, just write us at allbookedup at buffalolib.org. We got an email. And we're all bona fide now. Send it to us, and we will address it on next week's show. Yeah, and then uh, follow us on SoundCloud at allbookedup, and then on iTunes at, what do you think, allbookedup. Isn't it crazy how that works? Twist ending there. So also, I want you to know um, this weather has siphoned out my sense of humor. There's no, there's no part of me that thinks anything is funny or enjoyable anymore. I'm just, I'm just a gray space. Your reaction to Cabin Boy tells me that. Yeah, it's just nothing (laughs) but hate. So I have moved on from terrible jokes. I feel like you're gonna be really happy about it. I'm retiring them. They're only gonna come out on special occasions. But I decided instead I could broaden your mind with interesting facts. You ready for that? Yes. So this is to kind of comfort people on this terrible rainy day that we are not alone because at any given time, there are 1,800 thunderstorms in progress over the Earth's atmosphere. Oh. So. Okay. (laughs) That's not so bad. No. We're not special. They say it can't rain all the time, but it totally can. <laughs> it totally can. And if you're if you are really depressed and uh, it's been bringing you down, it's been you've been just home crying about why you can't go outside and you're a prisoner. Just know that you could always travel to space because in space astronauts cannot cry because there's no gravity, so um, their tear canals can't flow. So no, there you go. Not, they, nobody can hear you scream. Nobody, nobody can, can hear, hear you cry. scream it's a perfect or cry. It's raining everywhere. Everything is garbage. 
thank you for listening to us. Eventually the sun will come out. We'll be happy again. We might probably tomorrow. Okay, thanks guys. See you next time. Bye.